see on CW contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. You are listening to DC on CW, the Flash edition on Rain Man Digital. Uh, you can find us on demand through iTunes and Stitcher. Search DC on CW. Once you get there, leave us a review. It helps the show. You can also find us on Spotify. Uh, search Rain Man uh, Digital or DC on CW, and you can find us there. Uh, I am your show host, Ryan Denton, and in the studio with me is Bobby Doherty. Hello, hello. And Stephen Crouch. What's up? And today we will be breaking down and discussing Flash Season 5, Episode 12, Memorabilia. The team tries to free Grace from her coma. I was very concerned that I might not say memorabilia correctly. I have a problem with that word, too. That's, it, it's, a, it's a word that looks, it's spelled a way that it doesn't sound. And there's a lot of words like that, but like mem, memorabilia, like it's memorabilia, but that's not how you say it. You think the end should have a Y A like yeah? Uh, so so memra. It should be M E M R Mamra. Mamra. No, it's M E M R O is what it should be. At least in my mind. Okay, but I don't know. Whatever, dude. It's a word. I just I thought I was gonna mumberbilia. So I'm a mumberbilia. I don't know why I got weird <laughs> there, but uh, this was a this was an interesting episode. I sent Bobby a text. I was like, well, that was an interesting episode. Um, like, I, I, no shit, I did. Like, that was literally, literally what I sent, dude. I was like, well, that was interesting. You can't do shit like that when I'm sick. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it was cool to see the Flash Museum. Obviously, we'll talk about it later, but that was one of my highlights of this episode for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think since we first heard it existed, they had to show it. Yeah, like you kind of handcuff yourself, right? When you mention it's like, okay, we're dork fans. Uh, we need to see that. It, you don't. It reminded me of the cap, uh, the cap museum in Winter Soldier. Yeah, dude, awesome. that's that was such a cool scene in that movie. Regardless, I think this was this was cool because it had some stuff in it that you know we kind of know about already. But there was mm-hmm. a couple things that they mentioned that we'll talk about later. But um, that were kind of like, okay, all right, I see where we're going. I see what you did there, Flash. Um, but anyways, let's jump into some news. We got a couple articles here to cover. Um, one of which is a casting, uh, flash Kimberly Williams Paisley, uh, to play Sherlock's ex wife. And she's, uh, she's pretty good looking, uh, X marks the spot for Kimberly Williams Paisley, who will guest star in the very next episode of CW's flash. Uh, she will be, will play multiple versions of Irene, uh, Renee, excuse me, they fucking cross that out. That's nice. Why don't you just remove it from the whole article? Anyways, uh, Renee Adler on Earth 221, Detective Sherlock Wells' mini ex-wives. How many does he have? Do we know? It's like five or six? At, at least. At least, right? 
Uh, this is far from the first time Williams, Paisley, and The Flash's Tom Kavna have worked opposite each other. The two co-starred in 2006 film How to Eat Fried Worms. Never saw it. Probably a terrible movie. And as of late, Kavanaugh has played <laughs> ADA Miles Strasberg to on some other Hallmark shit movie. Did you not read that book as a child? Which one? How to Eat Fried Worms. No, dude. Oh, man. It was a great book. I don't know about the movie. <laughs> great book. All right, man. Cool. I'll Google it later. No, I won't. It's, I'm not Googling it. I don't read. <laughs> I do read. I just don't read garbage. I, I, I do read. Audible. I, do, I do read. Audible. Comics. Audible. Comics. <laughs> I do read. Dude, if you've ever read a Scott Snyder book, you read. Yeah, how's that word memorabilia? <laughs> you just said it the way it should have been spelled, dickhead. How about that? Anyways, this is cool. I mean, obviously, we've seen Tom Cavanaugh play 87 versions of So after himself. this week, I kind of wanted to see who Watson is. Uh, Watson? Watson. Yeah, whatever. I'm, He's not, I'm, Asian, not, I'm not buying right? into that. Watson. Watson. W-A-T-S-U-N. I would be, dude, I would die laughing. Uh, is that racist? Watson Yang. What's Watson? <laughs> ah, I solved mystery. Very good. Oh my god! <laughs> god, I'm uh, going to hell. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he's gonna play me off already. No. no. Uh, all right. So I, I, I'm looking her up. Um, just yeah, to see you look her up and down, or what, what she's right. from. Um, I mean, I, the, the names of these movies like Father of the Bride, <laughs> but I don't remember her. <laughs> oh, you dishonor family. You. <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, I was he, trying to do the voice and I thought. He stole Sherlock's wife. Oh, I dishonor my own family. <laughs> I steal wife. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. You want to fuck on me? I fuck on your wife. Oh, fuck you, my cousin. <laughs> Oh man, that's All right. fucked. All right. Anyways, next article. Uh, this one actually. Did, wait, didn't I think Steve had something he wanted to say? Yeah, what did you no, say? I, I was just looking her up. Uh, she was in Father of the Bride and a few other things, but I, I don't know this actress. I mean, I've seen her in these things, but I, I don't know her her work other than you know in passing have watched these films. But mm. um, she's she's been in a lot of stuff. So all right, you know. That, so that's good. this next article is kind of a bummer. Um, the CW has no plans for the Arrowverse and DC Universe to cross over. Uh, the CW's Arrowverse uh, of shows are set to bring Crisis on Infinite Earths to life later this year, but it sounds like one uh, other DC TV continue probably won't be a part of that. Uh, during the CW's presentation at the Television Critics Association press tour, network pre- president Mark Pedowitz revealed that there are no discussions for the Arrowverse shows Arrow, The Flash, Legend Tomorrow, and Supergirl to cross over with the shows on the DC Universe's streaming service. Uh, this probably will and won't be a surprise to fans, which I think we kind of knew that was a thing. Um, well, I, see, I don't know if it's that big of a surprise because they're all the same production company. Right. You know, so asking about it isn't as weird as it sounds no i mean no no no. no. so under the same roof too like they own it all so there's no logical reason that we can think of that that they shouldn't do it so so googs here says um 
he says, I will say this. The one thing I've learned is never say never. I could not begin to tell you how often we have said that to each other. We never thought any of this was going to happen. We never thought we'd see all this. that before you got fired. Yeah. We, we never thought we're, there'd be a universe. So never say never. But in terms of which characters would be on which shows, uh, what's part of the universe about is above my pay grade. And probably that's a good thing. Well, he doesn't have a pay grade now because he yeah, he's a writer. now. He, he's a writer now. Um, but I mean, think about what we could cross over: Titans, Doom Patrol, Star Girl, Swamp Thing, Constantine. Yeah, like yeah. it's an obvious one right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, well, y- you do Swamp Thing and Constantine. Well, even Batwoman and Robin. Right. Yeah. So I think. I mean, because he he's left Gotham. Right. I mean, there is a Batman. They do show that there but, is a Bloodhaven. Yeah. Anyway, I, that's a kind of a bummer, though. I, I obviously I'm kind of on the same way is you know never say never we never thought we'd see superman or you know batwoman or any of these characters so i mean yes never say never but i just i don't know man i think it'd be that's a lot dude if they did some kind of like huge monster crossover and there's like 87 character like that's just that's a lot i know we always bitch and moan about you know too many characters and not enough screen time and you know what do you do like a 10 part fucking crossover or? but for some of this like you i don't even think you need to have that massive would it be cool sure if you can write it right but and have the right story to make it make sense but even small guest appearances on across shows i think anybody would be happy with just that yeah i mean i would be okay with you know robin showing up or something for like a quick segment or whatever but i just I don't know, man. I think it'd be it'd be definitely a difficult thing. I mean, we already are having trouble with a three part crossover, and and they did great this year. Um, but I feel like you know, adding more elements would it would have to be like five or six parts. You know, well, and, and, and you, you can't do it for the sake of uh, you can't do fan doing service. it. You can't do fan yeah, service with it. Yeah. It has to make sense in the context of the larger story. Well, I just always wondered, like with just what crisis coming at the beginning of next year. That's where it fits in. Well, that's that's where it would make sense, right? Yeah. You know, you do honestly. Uh, we always talk about five issue arcs or five episode arcs. Why couldn't you do a five episode, you know, full on crossover like they do in the comic books? I mean, that's five issues is more in a comic books is more than enough to tell a story. So yeah. I feel like why couldn't you do five episodes and that's more than enough to tell and do this justice, do crisis justice with these characters. I mean, it's, it's totally doable. I just think that there's, there's obviously be huge scheduling conflict with all these people who play these different characters. Um, because if you think about it, Arrowverse always knows kind of when their crossover is. So everyone's available. This would make all these new people need to be available. If that, and, and I go, of course I'm just kind of spitballing, things that might make a problem, but cause I don't know, but just an idea. I, I, it's kind of a bummer, but I would, you know, it is what it is. Obviously I have no control over that. If I did, they'd all be in the same fucking universe, but what do I know? Um, one last bit of news, which is actually good for us. Cause that means it's good. Uh, you know, uh, flash got renewed for season six, which means, Hey, we got renewed for season six. Uh, uh, or four, four or four, or whatever. This is where arguing semantics. I'm just gonna I say mean, six. no, that's that's I can't count, dude. <laughs> or but, read. Well, no, I, I read that perfectly. I just, oh, is it? yeah, it says Flash was renewed for season six. Um, memorabilia, <laughs> stupid. What do, we, what do we want for next season, though? Like, obviously, we kind of have an idea of where we're going this season, but what do we want for next season? I want the same thing I've been wanting for multiple seasons. What's that? King Shark? Oh, my God. How did I know? <laughs> you should have known. Oh, I should have known you were going to go there. That was a rhetorical question. Well, I mean, are they going to save their budget or and, and just do a... 
What if the whole? What if he's like the main villain? Oh, God. would you jizz? I would. God, you would, we would need a lot of paper towels. Mm-hmm. There's no way they could do that, by the way. Well, yeah, well, and of course, uh, you know, there was a hold on a reference this week mm. uh, that mm-hmm. people are all, like all over the internet, and Mike even came to me. The red. Um what red death yes red death yes which is a batman taking over flash's powers from metal yep and i was just like mike's like well what do you think i go i think it's just like every other green lantern any other reference we've ever had like they mentioned in 2024 that he had you know cicada has now overcome you know the amount of murders you know that zoom and red i'm like that's all it was and so all these people are trying to like oh the new villain you know, and yeah. you know the evil Batman is coming in. No, he's not. The yeah. nerd, the nerd, the dorks went crazy on that one. Oh yeah, over like what was just a a word, a word, a flyby reference. Yeah, L- yeah. Literally, if you just search Red Death right now in Google, it, it's it's huge. The, the the top things are like the Flash's next big villain teased as Red Death. No, it <laughs> what was it? Was it really? That's not what my takeaway was. No, it was a passing line in a sentence to, or you know, to make people happy. Yeah, a, a wink, reference, a wink, wink, and hey, might sell a few extra books by throwing it in there. You know. Yeah. Now everybody's going back to metal Don't, and trying to figure out what the hell it is. Right. You know? I don't know. It, it was a passing glance. It meant. I, I hope it's a, another reverse flash. Like, that'd be, ooh, that'd be cool. Ooh, they use the name, but it's something not what we're thinking. The swerve. What a twist. <laughs> Anyways. But uh, I mean, I know you don't like the speedster thing. Has, has it been gone long enough that we can have a speedster villain? I'd be cool with it. I'd be all right with it. I mean, because we're, technically we're at. It's two, two, years. two years. Yeah, it's two years. I'd be cool with it. It I, makes sense. I just don't know what else they could do. They should make a guy that goes really slow. They had that guy too, Turtle. Oh, yeah, that's right. Damn it. King Shark with speed. Oh, <laughs> King Shark with lasers attached to his head. I yes. want sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Yeah, oh. no. no, no. Anyways, that's going to do it for news this week, guys. Shut up, Steve. We're not talking about King Shark anymore. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about season five, episode twelve, memorabilia. But first, a quick break. You and your movies. And I think we know what happens when a super intelligent ape who's pissed off at humans escapes captivity. DC on CW. We'll be right back. Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! And it helps strengthen the one rule in Star Trek that basically a lot of I think a lot of fans and a lot of writers in Star Trek really do not take that much seriously is that prime directive. The prime directive is you do not by any means inter, uh, interact with a pre-warp society unless they're hot. <laughs> if the whole if the whole world is a bunch of T'Pols and seven yeah. and nines, then yes, you must break that prime directive. That's what that's what makes those moments- or at least bend it slightly <laughs> to the right and up. That's what that's what made. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! What is it that's what is it that's bothering him? Yeah, because everyone deals with that. There's a lot of 
Uh, I always read like self-help books and stuff like that that tell about inside. Of I read self-help books when it comes to sex. I, I need lots of help. I need lots, lots of help. That's how I learned about the slightly, the slight bend to the right and the up. Bend to the right. Yeah, and up. that was due to a, a sex help book. <laughs> it's sexual yoga books. Yeah, well, the sex for dummies. <laughs> Star Trek from the holodeck, exclusively on Rain Man Digital and Simulation. Even that part when he's going to look for it and you're in the middle of the stream and he takes a shovel and he's moving two top rocks with it and he's then he's kicking rocks and there it is. Yeah, you're telling me you buried this box years ago, Where right? It could flood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's what I was talking about when it comes to the the logic. Right. There's there's like even things that were just illogical thrown in this movie. I'm like, come on, I understand B because B there B movies, there's been some atrocious B movies, but the B movies is some of the cliches, some of the stereotypes, some of the over the top action of violence, some of the bad acting, the sleaziness. But there's illogical decisions being made from a directing and writing standpoint. It has nothing to do with the actual movie per se. It's like, come on, you're telling me you couldn't have had a couple PAs say, hey guys, you know what? Today you're going to dig a, a deep hole about six feet deep. Please start digging and then we're going to bury this box in there. How right. hard would that have been? <laughs> listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday. Only on Rain Man Digital. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to Rain Man Digital's DC on CW. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, Let's get into Season 5, Episode 12, Memorabilia. Uh, This was directed by Rebecca Johnson, written by Sam Charlson and Kristen Kim. Um, Right off the bat, we, we... we are trying to get Gracie out of her coma and we're using the same machine. We saw the thinker use, correct. And this is a solid strategy. I mean, obviously we, we know that Cicada is trying to get, uh, are they're trying to use Gracie to get Cicada to capture him or whatever the hell they're going to, you know, turn him to the light side. I don't know, but, <laughs> uh, that's the only way I can think of. That's the only way I can disguise the, the, describe it, I guess. Um, I did like, how right off the right off the rip, Nora is absolutely worried that mom and dad are going to see her memories. Going to get exposed. And 
I mean, obviously the last episode we were, you know, very uh, suspicious of Nora. And now the more as we go on this season, I think we're going to get more and more suspicious of what she's actually doing and why she's doing it. Um, I mean, this right here is super suspicious. Oh, no. Mom and dad are going to see my memories. Oh, no. I better go in by myself. Like, come on. I don't, I don't know. Like, there's some memories you probably wouldn't want your parents to see. Oh, I've got a few in my head that I wouldn't want my parents to see. I'm sure you do. Yikes, dude. Well, don't, don't say, like, you've got some that you wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know you maybe, do. Maybe. 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 No way, but, dude. For sure. What do you, what'd you think about the, uh, just the, the general plot premise of of the dream thing because to um, me it felt very matrixy. Yeah, it, meets it, Inception. It was Inception slash Matrix. I mean, even the look and the visual of them going into the like Gracie's mind was very very Matrix looking. I, I uh, didn't mind the visual. No, no, I, don't know. I thought it was cool because like when you think about dream sequences of your own, like it's muted colors if any color at all. It's just right. the way your brain works. So I thought they did a good job there. But from a plot point, I was like, eh. no, I was okay with the plot. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, how are you going to talk to someone that's in a coma? So I mean, the dream sequence and using the the thinker's uh, mind machine or whatever the hell you want to call it made sense. I had no problem with that plot point. I just think that um, I thought the visuals looked cool. I, the overall muted tones made sense. Like you said, when you, when you dream, you see things in muted colors. There's nothing as vibrant unless you took some acid and went to sleep, which is, I don't even know if that's possible, but, um, you would know, Steve. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) I, I just don't, um, it, it, I don't know. I, I I had issues right off the bat with just, um, the plot, just the idea, just the plot point. Um, but that, that was just me. I mean, I, I, I guess I could see that. I, I, it was very Inception, you know, oh, let's go in a dream, you know, like, and then they did the dream inside of a dream and it was, right. it, and or, it was like, crossing okay. crossing dreams. It was like, yeah. these people were in somebody else's head and then they magically went into someone else's head and it's like, what, what's going on? How does on? that happen? Yeah. Like, I felt more confused by this than I do time travel. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't have a big old whiteboard come out and they didn't explain Maybe it. that's what was missing. That's probably, yeah. Just think a- about it like Wreck-It Ralph. What? <laughs> How they jump from video they're games. Connected. They're connected with the wires. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Wow. That wow. That might be the easiest. We used a, a fake video game cartoon to a explain. Fake, yeah. <laughs> okay. To explain another fake <laughs> science. Um, I I would like to say that I I I didn't mind Gracie's acting. I thought she did a pretty good job. Oh, of, yeah. of uh, the thing is too, she you scares have, me. She was very scary. Mm-hmm. You have to understand though, like that's her mental projection of herself. And it's also her subconscious. So, like, it's going to be very muted and very kind of monotone and kind of weird. Um, so I thought that the way she played that was very, very well done. Um, because technically it is her subconscious. So she got a piece of fucking metal stuck in her head, man. Like, whatever, dude. You know, cut her some slack. I wasn't saying it was bad. I was <laughs> okay. just saying that's your subconscious. Your subconscious is typically pretty subdued unless you're a fucking psychopath. Yeah. So I thought she was fine. I, I did like the, you know, she basically had the same rage towards Nora that we all do. <laughs> I mean, can we just talk about that for a second? Like she is literally almost at the point of Wally 2.0. You think so? Uh, she's close. She's getting there. She's just, uh, she's first, lost to me. She's lost some of that charm that she, she yes, had gained. The original. It, yep. it, is she getting older looking the more? Yes. 
she's becoming like deceitful to the parents. And yeah. Everybody. So like she like she, age she, age wise. Yes. Like yeah, she doesn't like look so she doesn't innocent. Look naive. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, when yeah, she first okay. got here, she looked like Bob said. She looked very innocent. Looks she looked very naive. And as we see her go more and more and be more deceitful and more dishonest, she's aging. She's aging clearly right in front of us. And well, she's, we, yeah, we know it's all a bed of lies now. Yep. And I think that, and that's why I kind of like the whole Gracie not trusting her. I think it made sense. The subconscious made sense that the not trust her and say, oh, you're lying to me. I mean, she was. She may- fucking was. Or maybe that little girl's just more insightful than everyone else on the show. Well, that's possible too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just thought that that was a very, very cool angle they did with Gracie and, and how she just didn't believe her at all. I mean, her bullshit detector was yeah, going off. Her bullshit meter was fucking going <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Um, I did like the, you know, because you've always heard with when people are in coma that they can still hear you. I liked how they used that in this episode mm-hmm. of how, you know, she was there. She could still hear everything that was going on in the room. Um, that was neat because you always kind of hear about that with like coma patients that they can hear people while they're in a coma. And I mean, and if you really think about, well, how could they not hear you? Like their hearing doesn't turn off when you're in a coma. Like, I just think it's a very cool concept that they threw in there that kind of, um, it kind of made sense, uh, and it was kind of a neat how they did it. You know, it kind of showed the memory, and and I thought it was cool how Nora was like, "How can you remember this? You're in a coma." You know, and I can I can still hear. And well, that's the thing. It's it, it got to some very like horror film slasher moments with the little girl. Oh yeah, yeah, like very scary, of, uh, right? Exorcist, almost not quite that extreme, obviously. Well, but, um, but just even like even with. The, the cicada the defense system coming oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. and just like stalking through buildings like it's fucking Jason. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, you see this, you see cicada and you see like coming through and, and like you said, slow moving and just being a creepy. And then you get the twist at the end that the cicada sitting there is Gracie. Now, this is this is what I, I came up with a speculation or theory. Here. Oh, I got one for you too. It's probably the same one. I'm I, it probably is. So let, I'm gonna go first so I sound cooler. Now, <laughs> impossible. <laughs> so my they keep they flash forward right, and we see Nora in her own memory right, and it says, oh, she you know Cicada he stacked up more bodies in the Red Death and and what did he say Zoom? Yeah. Now, what if they actually catch Orlin? And Gracie becomes the second cicada to keep stacking that's bodies. That's exactly what so, happened. So that that's in my mind, that's kind of where we went with that. It was kind of a tease on where we're going yep. with this character because we obviously see her with the metal in her head and it's obviously glowing like Orlin's chest, right? Yeah. So I mean it's safe to assume that even if they catch Orlin and they or they kill him or they're probably gonna catch him, they're not gonna kill him. Who am I who am I kidding? They catch Orlin, they still have the second version of Cicada. Yeah, I, which everyone just thinks that it's the same cicada. I think that's exactly what's going on here. Even though in the Flash Museum they showed uh, the the cicada that we all know, if if she does a good job of concealing that that blonde locks of hers, then, right? Then well, no that's one very, would, no one would be the wiser, and they would just so, think that so, cicada kept going. And Nora knows now, right? Yes, yes. So it's so I, so. Let me let like the time old question: Could you kill baby Hitler? Yo, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I would walk in and I would smoke that fool so quick and walk. I would have no problem. But, but putting, Ryan, I don't you give could a shit, dude. also raise him to be a good little boy. Nah, dude, he's getting a, he's getting a 45 right in the forehead, dude. Done. 
walking you, out. You know me. I, I'm Thanos. Just yeah. Everyone's like, done. Half the fucking universe is done. Yeah, we, yeah. Because I, I question that too. Like, oh, we know that what she turns into. Like, do we focus on him or do we focus on her? That's tough, dude. That's a tough situation because I think that's a t- that's like you said, Bob. That's an age old question. That's stuff that was like, if you could go back in time, you know, like, could, would it change anything or would it change yeah. everything? There's there's actually a term for this. I'll have to look it up real quick while while we continue. But yeah. there's actually a term for this uh, that that um, when your brain, we all do it, right? When you go back and think, what if this happened? Right. We, we do it all the time. Yeah, everyone does it. It's, um, yeah. And and you play out these little choose your own Scenarios adventures. Yeah, in, in your yeah. mind of what what would have happened if I made this decision or that decision. Uh, there's a there's a clinical term for that, and there was a, an awesome um, NPR episode. Well, 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 think about it. It's a very in. It's a very deep thought. You know, you yeah. go back and you say, well, if I would have, you know, I, I do it like, you know, I, dumb. This is a dumb analogy. But like when I was a kid, you know, I had to choose between playing golf or baseball, you know, and, and I chose I stopped playing baseball and I chose to play golf and I ended up where I am now. If I would have chose baseball, you know, would I have gone on to play division one baseball? And like it, it, you always think about shit like that. So I think this one's a this one's a tough one because it's it, it involves obviously murdering someone, but at the same time, like you said, Steve, it, can you raise them to be a different person? And I think that's that's the ultimate question. I I think this one's a tough one because you know if Gracie has that fragment of the satellite in her head, she is a meta. Mm-hmm. She has dark matter in her head. Yep. So. You know, what is the thought process on this? She obviously clearly now says that Nora lied. They'll, she'll pay. They'll all pay. So she obviously already has in her head that these people are bad. So, so she, can you can you get that ingrained out of her head? And that's the biggest question. Well, it's almost like is she Cicada 2.0 or is she the Thinker 2.0? Because she's got it in her head. Um, right. But if you take that shard out, um, well, is there is there juices still left behind? Right. Is the dark matter still there? Or does my thought process, if you pull that shard out of her head, is she going to die? Because no. there are cases where you, you, no, I'm just saying there are cases where like someone gets something stuck. Only one and, way to find out. Oh man, yes. Yeah. So, so the 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 psychological term for that is counterfactual thinking. So when you go back in time and think of an event and play out the what if scenario. No, oh, dude, I've done that a lot. Everybody does it. Well, I think both of you know exactly what scenarios I'm talking about. Um, yeah, does it involve two women and possibly coming? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yikes, dude. All right. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Barry and Iris and a couple other things that happened this week. But first, quick break. It's Weird West Sunday. Horror films were, were kind of shitty. There was no more thought to it. You didn't really care who died and who lived because the killing instantly started. Uh, and there was no development of the characters. And you're like, oh, it's just a gore fest and you don't really care who lives or dies. I'm here. I'm going to strap in for the next 90 minutes. I'm just going to watch random people die that I know nothing about. And that's what Tarantino and Rodriguez was, was trying to do differently. Uh, they took inspirations from uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Catch up on your favorite Weird West discussions from Mike and Clint every Sunday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, We're going to talk about Barry and Iris. 
go to save Nora. Yeah. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, first thing we see, obviously, is a Flash Museum. Um, and we know that Nora, like, spends a lot of her time there. She misses Daddy. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I-, I like the way it looked. Which which part? I, I, honestly, I like I like the like the gift shop that had all the flashes and stuff in it, and like it. That's it, that's where I was geeking out. Was like yeah, it was, all the toy. Like I was just looking it up because you see all the Faybok, uh, the new Faybok flash toys right. were there, and and uh, when when the phone went off, I want that MIDI ringtone of the the flash. <laughs> that's so like two thousand and four, dude. Dude, like, had to download that off some sketchy website, dude. But it was so cool done in MIDI like that. Oh, awesome. It was cool, man. I'm glad that we actually got to see it. You know, the Hall of Villains. I loved, loved Barry going, these guys got their own hall? Right. Like, that was funny. Just geeking out in the gift shop of all the cool memorabilia, the ring. Like, just, he was a kid in a candy store, just Uh, like we would be. He was in a kid in a candy store, and the candy was all him. Uh, That's that's kind of like a sexual innuendo. Yeah. Like, he, he has the magic stick at that point. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I, I did. I did like the way it looked. I, I was. It was glad. Like Bobby said earlier, you know, you mentioned it. You kind of handcuffed into bringing it in. Um, but that we we saw a couple glimpses with Nora in it before, but this was kind of the full blown. Like here it is, and it was cool. I'm glad we got to see it. Um, because it's something that's in the comic books. It's something that we know about, and for them to put it in the show is is neat. Um, and like. And like Steve said, the gift shop was was pretty fucking cool. Um, I'm not gonna lie, dude. That first scene where you see bitch ass Iris yelling at Nora, I was kind of, I was like, damn, dude, what a bitch. Yeah, I was, yeah, but by the same token, um, you don't, you got to put yourself. And we find out later that it was kind of, it was what it was. But you kind of got to put yourselves in the shoe of of a woman who's lost her husband single mother right um and we don't know really at this point when he disappeared do we do it wasn't before she was born right was it or was yeah it, it was okay it was when she was really young wasn't it? It, it at least so it's been a few years but the 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 struggles that iris would would probably have as a single mother and, yeah, I and get dealing that, with that man, but like the way that she's treating her is very very blunt and very very man, how aggressive many times, how many times did your mom yank your ass out of a situation Yo, while look, you're fucking around in the store come on obviously i was a terrible child i so know this that's what i'm saying i doubt nora was a terrible child she misses her dad and she's going to the only place that is a shrine to her dad like you can't get mad at that also too she has literally an action her favorite Ooh. action figure doll is her dad wait a minute it's not that she just went to a it's not like they went to the mall and then like Hey, I'm gonna go play at the arcade and then just dipped off. Yeah, how many times have you seen kids get their ass kicked from hiding inside the fucking clothing rack at a store and watching a mother run around going, "Oh my gosh, where is he? He is gone again. I'm gonna kill that motherfucker." Oh, right, <laughs> right. But I this wasn't this wasn't him. even that. She ran away from home and went yeah. to the museum. This is it's a whole nother level, man. I get that, dude. But this like, is why you get a tracker in your shoulder. Oh, this this is exactly why you get a tracker in your shoulder. You run away from home, you get tracker. Let me ask you a question, okay? Let me ask you this. Okay, I, I understand that. I get that. But she runs away from home, okay? 
And she, every time that she runs away from home, she goes to the same motherfucking place. Do you really need a tracker? Yeah, you put a new one in every time. She has like 18 trackers yes. in her shoulder? Yes. You run out of room eventually. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay, if nine times out of nine, she goes to the same fucking place and she runs away from home, where do you think she's going the 10th time? Well, the 10th time, I would drop her off with all of her shit. She could just live there by herself. Jesus. <laughs> This is why I'm not a father. I was going to say, this is why you are not a parent. Yikes, dude. Yeah, yikers. Homie, don't play that. Homie, don't play that. I don't know, man. I just, I felt kind of shitty. I felt kind of bad for her. You know, I just felt like, I mean, I understand. I get it. I, I get your point, Steve. You know, she's she's on her own. She's a single mother. You know, she's probably still distraught that Barry's gone. But it just seemed a little harsh. Just a little too harsh. You know, the kid just wants to be around her father or, you know, you know, memories of her father. Nora's evil and a liar. I don't trust her. Wait, what? Even as a kid, she's a liar. Yeah, she lied about where she was going. Man, y'all are savage, dude. I'm not savage. You're savage. How can she play like she didn't know what Reverse Flash was and he's in the fucking museum? Maybe she just, like, didn't pay attention. She obviously went to the Cicadas thing. She didn't go over to look at the Reverse Flash. Maybe she just skipped the Reverse Flash. It's like the boring part. Yeah, it's, it's a Mr. Dime. Toad's wild ride. Yeah, dude, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Nice analogy. Yeah, she just skipped it, dude. She was like, "Fuck this thing! I don't want to ride this. Talk about this." I I did. I mean, I, it's pretty obvious why the reverse flash was her defense mechanism in her head, right? Like, we all are on the same page here. Like, from what it sounds like to me, and the way she is sending messages to the reverse flash is that the reverse flash knows that cicada is a terrible, terrible, terrible person and villain. And almost like he wants to have cicada be stopped too as well, because if cicada keeps going on into the future and killing people, then why wouldn't the reverse flash? Maybe the reverse flash gets someone that he loves gets killed. I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but it would make sense why she's working with them and why Nora says what she says at the end, talking to Gideon, sending the message. Um, so I don't know. I, yes, I agree with Bobby. You know, the fact that she lies and everything is, is it's a family trait at this yeah, point, right? That's where she gets it. From. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, we, we this is a this is a swerve. I think they're they're showing us that she's working with the reverse flash to make us not trust her. When I think she's doing it for the right reasons, at least that's my stand right now as we sit here. I think there's a there's something going on that we don't know about. And well, clearly, well, clearly, right, obviously. But I'm saying like something that is not what we're thinking. That makes sense. Um. I did, dude, the, was it weird to watch the reverse flash shoot kind of like walk around with nobody in it? I was like, what? Huh? Sort of. It, it, it makes it a, a, even more creepy, I think. Well, it makes it uh, creepier when it starts talking with no fucking body, yeah, nobody in it. Yeah. You know, death, failure, and another broken family. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty ice cold. Yeah. I thought it was cool looking. Oh, super cool looking. I just, it was, it was, it was weird at the same time. Um, Sherlock, obviously, he knows. I think he's he's getting pretty fucking close. I mean, 
Oh yeah, he's hot on the trail. He he's pretty f- he's pretty fucking close. I think he's probably a, what an episode or two away from just sp- spilling the beans. I thought it was gonna. I thought the beans was gonna get spilled this time. Well, I think um, he 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 used that maneuver where it's like, hey, I know. Oh, he he, he let her know he knows yeah. a lot. Yeah, he 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 let her know that he knows, and it was like one of those things where it was like, okay, I know you can just tell everybody now. Like, well, what I thought he did that I appreciate. Have you ever like suggested something to a friend? And like, and just to make them try to think to get to, to help them get themselves out of jail <laughs> Well, or, or for you to figure it out on your own without yeah. me being the dickhead that has to tell you that your daughter's fucking around with your biggest enemy. Yeah. Like, it, you know, when he goes to Barry and goes in, who was her defense mechanism? Yeah. Right. I mean, that had to, that had to have caught on, you know, like someone who loves their father, shouldn't it be the flash that be that's her defense well, mechanism. And, and the irony here is, you know, it's been a long time since Barry's done any of his detective work. Mm. And here's somebody planting seeds, telling him without telling him. And it's like, Barry, you've lost all your, your detective mojo, basically all your crime scene investigator mojo, because you're well, not, you got your parent blinders on. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. Well, I mean, it's, it, so does, so does Iris. They're, they're both blinded she by the fact. Though. I she don't think didn't. Iris has them on as much. Not as much anymore. I think Iris is trying not to be a bitch because that's how she was portrayed. Right. You know, when, she, you know, the mother, you know, when Nora came back. Yep. She's trying to suppress what she thinks in her heart is the truth, but she's worried about being the, the bitch all the time. Yeah. She's, she's letting her concern over how people perceive her overshadow what her gut's telling yeah. her. Yeah. Right. I, I think that Barry, I think Sherlock's laying it on pretty thick. And if Barry doesn't figure it out in the next couple episodes, I'll be surprised, to be completely honest with you. It's just, it's there. Like, how do you not see it? Yeah, you, you know? you, We told it was a two-man team. You ran in by yourself. You know, your, def- defen- your defense mechanism was one of the suits from one of the big bads. Right. It, it's pretty, the writing's on the wall. You know, the writing's on the wall, and I feel like There's, it's actually in the journal. Well, it's actually oh. nowhere because she keeps deleting everything. Jesus. You know what I mean. Regardless, I think we're very close to that bombshell being dropped. Or something's going to happen to Sherlock when he finally 100% knows. She's going to take him out. I don't think she's going to take him out, but I think something will conveniently happen to him. Yeah, his ex-wife. <laughs> oh, damn. One of them, at least. All right. Let's talk about... Some of the other things that happened this week, one of which Ralph being the sickest wingman on the planet. Right? Dude. I'm did you not, think that they went to a lesbian bar? I did. Immediately. I, at first, I was like, oh, dang. When they're like, there's a lot of leather in here. I was like, wait, did this, this is a, a lesbo bar? A lot of women, <laughs> lots of leather. Le- les bar, dude. Yeah. I lots think, of scissoring. I think they walked into the wrong place. Hey, dude, whatever, man. I, I, I like how all the chicks have the same jacket on. Do you guys notice that? It's legitimately the same jacket. Really? Yeah, I, I looked. I went back and looked. <laughs> you know, this is a pretty. This is a pretty. This is a pretty good solid though. Like Ralph obviously knows that Cisco's still kind of bummed out about Gypsy. You know, and he's 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 using work to suppress, obviously, like how he's feeling and what he's going through. And you know, Ralph does him a solid without telling him that he's doing him a solid. And I almost got I almost got upset at Cisco for getting upset and being like, you know, I thought. 
you know, I th- you know, you take me out to be your wingman. No, motherfucker, he's your wingman. That that's exactly what I said to Nicole. It's like he's trying to get you laid, and and like you're not seeing. Yeah, it. he's being literally. That's that that was a solid wingman. Yeah, like that was. I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. That was a that was a pretty solid maneuver, and it makes me love Ralph more. Well, every time now he's always doing. He's either giving somebody some good, good uh, advice, almost brotherly advice. Yep. Uh, in this case, being the wingman, his character's just done such a one eighty since we first met him, and, and probably the hardest one eighty of any character that we've had on the show. Yeah, and it's been awesome. And and Cisco was kind of being a dick about the whole he, thing. He was. I, Cisco was looking at it the wrong way. I mean, I understand that he's under pressure and he wants to get this cure, but like, if if. If anything's told you, like, to get your mind off the thing that you're stressing about. Fuck. Well, yes, that. But I'm saying, like, typically when you take your mind off the thing that you're stressing about is when you finally figure out a solution for that thing that's stressing you out. And I think that was what Ralph was doing here is, like, Cisco's mind was so clouded by the fact that he's stressing out that he needs to do this thing. He's backed up. He's backed. (laughs) His balls are just (laughs) so full. full. He needs to empty these bad boys out. He needs to he needs to breach those bad boys out of his balls, dude. Oh my god! Could he could he do that? Breach them Just bre- out. Breach the breach the backup out of his balls. Oh, <laughs> like that's a thing. Well, dude. I mean, his breach already kind of looks like it. So, oh my god. <laughs> Um, but I just, it was kind of, it kind of it didn't make me mad, but like, you know, Cisco's reaction, I don't think it was. I mean, he sh- maybe like when Cisco started being all shitty about it, he should just been like, dude, I'm trying to get you laid. He's not going to say that on CW, dude. Get your Peter wet? He's not going to say that either. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes you just got to come right out and, and say, say it, it, though. Like, tell tell him what's up, you no, know? dude. Trying to get you some leather. Uh, I, I just think that it was, obviously, it was a super cool wingman bro moment. It also was neat because it, he ends up flirting with the bartender, who was pretty cute, mm-hmm. and gets her number, obviously. And they, but while flirting with her figures out the fucking the solution the solution now now they didn't say right they didn't say who the the twins no, were they absolutely did not say that but he did figure out that that was the the avenue that they have to go for the cure mm. i'm wondering if it's just going to be someone twins. or if they're going to actually that would be amazing <laughs> That would be amazing. But is it just going to be some like throwaway thing or are they going to pull something out of the archives? I would probably be throwaway. I mean, but they have to be, they have to be twin metas. So one has to be be normal. Oh, one has to be normal. The other one has to be a meta. But what if it's like, you know, William and Wendy wonder? Oh my God. It's not going to like a wink, wink wonder twins, but not really the wonder twins. I I think you're stretching at this point. God damn it. I think you're stretching at this point, but we are getting closer to the cure, and, and I don't know how how they're going to use this cure. Like, how are they going to use this? You know, didn't, well, well, wait, Barry didn't, straight up said how he wants to use it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, is this going to be like X Men X One, where they're just curing everyone, or like, you know, they're vaccinating everybody and they're not no longer going to have superpowers, or is it like, hey, you get to choose if you want to do this? Well, that, that's a funny thing. Well. They, that's been Cisco and, and Caitlin's agreement since day one. If we're going to do this, everybody gets a choice. And they did the pinky swear. They spit in the hands. They did the handshake. Ugh. And then Barry bursts in and says, I want to use it on Cicada. <laughs> like immediately. Barry, oh, yeah. we have an agreement in place. I mean, Barry's always been a little. Uh, <laughs> Making bad decisions what if, again. Yeah. What if the twins are. Come on, Bobby. Uh-huh. Give us something good, Bob. What do you got? 
I'm trying to figure it out, but I believe that there are some Allen twins. What? Uh, like uh, Allen family? Yeah. Really? Who? Uh, Don and Don Allen. Don and Don. Don and Don. What a what were they? What was their creative? D O N and D O W N D A D A W N or that reading. I spelled down. You did Down syndrome. Turn off my mic. Um, Bob's dying. Were they speedsters or were they just? I don't. Or they? One of them has to be right. Obviously, Don and Don Allen. Google. Yeah, you guys can take care of that while I'm the, dying. They're, <laughs> they're the Tornado Twins. Oh, man. Not the Scissor Twins? They're the children of Barry Allen and Iris Wes Allen. And What? Um, How many kids did Iris pump out, dude? Apparently a lot, but here's what's funny. They kind of look like they're wearing Fantastic Four costumes. It, yeah, the totally Fantastic Four is DC dumbass. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you know. They also look like they only have one leg if you're looking at the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> they were Mongoloid kids. Um, I, I'm not familiar with yeah, these no, two, but, um, yeah, whatever we'll, we'll know here soon enough when they get closer to the cure. Anyways, let's jump into our final thoughts, not about Don and Don, but about the episode. Um, uh, <laughs> this was a, this was a good episode. I, I, it, it moved us in the right direction. We got obviously a little bit more information about kind of where we're going with cicada. Um, you know, a little bit more information about the future and the flash museum and everything. Um, and we got to see honestly, Nora being a little bit more sneaky and a little bit more, um, you know, and and having questions about what her allegiance and what she's actually doing. Um, cause I think at first we were all skeptic of her being here in first place. And we kind of lost that as she got more and more like, yeah, I'm here to see my dad. And then all of a sudden, you know, we find out that there's more to it. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I figured I felt the pacing was pretty good in this episode. There were some pretty neat um, shots. I thought the the muted tones inside the dream states was was very very cool. Um, I thought um, the idea of the some of the memories being sugar coated, if that makes sense, um, a very cool idea too. Because there's there's certain memories that you know even I have that. I probably sugarcoated over time, like made them sound way cooler than they really are. You always do because yeah. you're, that's why they can't really rely on memories as testimony, right? Cause your, your brain changes things yep. and the, the longer the memory, uh, since you've had, had the original instance, the, the more likely it is that memory is not accurate. Anymore. Yep. Well, they, uh, I, I watched that fry festival, like fire, fire, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Same and thing. they said, it's like the con, the, the con man, always thinks he's telling the truth yeah because yeah. in his head it's real yeah right your, your brain he believes changes it over lie. time and yeah. then you don't even remember what the real thing that happened was but I, I i thought this was this was a good episode as far as moving us forward in kind of the questions we had with um nora some of the questions we had with cicada and also some of the stuff that we've just kind of they've kind of left out you know cisco being kind of down in the dumps i mean the, the things that we kind of forget about with everything that's going on so um, I felt like this was a was a solid episode, and and I, I enjoyed it. I, I I always like kind of the Inception Dream State shit, anyways, because it's neat to think about. So I was kind of into this episode. Um, props for them dressing Caitlin Snow like Killer Frost. Uh, they have like a, I want to say it's like a 
some kind of like snow bunny thing, and she was dressed like that in the ice skating rink. With, oh with yeah, the sweater and all that. So they they had a comic reference there. Uh, again, getting back to some of like the personal stories and knowing that Cisco is going through stuff. So it was good to see that spelled out. It was nice to see the whole crew back together doing stuff. And I like how they're taking Ralph out of the like this story because he's not like a secondary like detective guy going, yeah, yeah, Sherlock, why is this? Well, why did she go in there by herself? You know, where you have another voice that they got him something to do that they're just not like clashing heads about like looking at this investigation wise. I, I this Nora thing is, I think, gonna end up being more of a bigger bad than we think. And I, I almost expect to see reverse flash out here in the next couple episodes. Yeah, which which number was this one again? Uh, twelve. Twelve. Okay, so we get. So we're a little ten left. We're a little. Yep. Over midway, so. I I just uh, uh yeah the the little girl the 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 I don't know her name because she was in a coma before today, um scared the shit out of me, <laughs> but that, I mean that's given. Clowns and little girls. Little ground, yeah, little kids. Yeah, dude, little kids are scary, dude. Creepy. Um, but she was pretty much her acting was on point, and I I even liked the way that you know they. You know, the the making of the pancakes and making the perfect home. And when they figured that out, it was there was a lot of smart, like mm-hmm. writing things that went on. It's like, what is wrong with this memory? Well, in Iris's case or Nora's case, it was, look, she makes it out worse than it is. And that's how it is in real life. A lot of times you think you have it harder. You really have it. And then sometimes when it's really shitty, you just want it to be better than it actually is. And I thought we saw that kind of on both sides of the the this going into those dream states Yep. that we saw, you know, what a little kid will imagine and what an, another little kid will imagine. And it's really not anything. So yeah, it was, it was a good, it was a good thinker episode. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It, it pushed the, the story forward. I think the direction we needed to, uh, I don't recall ever uh, getting underneath her bandages before. Right. We, we, this was the first time we really saw that she had that shard of, Right. metal in Under, her head, in her head. Yep. and so i appreciated that we finally got to learn um more about that backstory and the amount of time that we spent in that flash museum i thought was was really cool mm-hmm. um you know as a collector like all of us seeing all those toys you know it's one thing to see them individually here and there amongst you know shelves or amongst uh stuff in the comic shop but when you see all flash all the time and you see all these cool things and things that we haven't seen before i really like that and, and then again like felt very very much like the winter soldier museum in, in that we got to see this history of the flash it was, mm-hmm. it was really cool um and, and the, the little wink wink to the comics that were sitting there showing the cicada which we talked about during the break um a lot of little cool touches like that so overall uh happy it's just the plot initially had me kind of eh. like i said for a while there i was confused is like man this is this is more challenging to follow than than time travel yeah I'm excited to see where where it's going next. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's DC on CW, the Flash edition. Remember, you can always catch any past and future DC on CW episodes through DCOnCW.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at DCOnCW, Facebook.com slash DCOnCW, and Instagram, DC underscore on underscore CW. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the Arrow edition shortly. Bebo want cuddles. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.